Hey, everybody. Happy Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. I don't know when you're listening to this. We've been publishing a lot of content here at Lions of Liberty, so maybe you're behind. Hopefully you're not. But if you are, we still love you. Just wanted to talk to you for a real quick minute here and uh, let you guys know about something cool we're doing with our friend Gret Glier over at Donor C. Uh, Gret has an awesome, awesome platform for helping people, especially in very poor countries. And we're partnering with Gret. We are uh, donating 10% of our Lions of Liberty Pride contributions um, to his uh, coronavirus efforts. And he is targeting um, helping people in the poorest parts of the uh, of the world to get, you know, even simple things like hand sanitizer and cleaning supplies and uh, being able to help them out through this very tough time. Um, you know, coronavirus is tough enough on us uh, in the first world here, as they say, uh, just navigating uh, through it and learning the new normal. In poorer countries, it is much, much worse. And if we can just do a little bit to help, um, it'll go a long way. And of course, with Donor C, you get to see uh, the impact that your donations have. You can follow it along and get updated videos. So check out more on this initiative at DonorC.com slash coronavirus. And you can join the Lions of Liberty Pride uh, by going to Patreon dot com slash lines of liberty and check out everything we offer there with the bonus content and perks and merchandise and all that good stuff let's get to the show welcome to felony friday a presentation of the lions of liberty podcast here is your host john odermatt Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. What is Felony Friday? Felony Friday is a show where every single week we're going to do a deep dive and we're going to examine and expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Now, if this is your first time listening to Felony Friday, your first time listening, to any of the shows we have here on Lions of Liberty, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, put your feet up. If you're driving, please don't put your feet up. But if you've been back several times, if this is a regular habit of listening, why haven't you subscribed? Or maybe you have subscribed. Thank you if you subscribed. But if you haven't, please do so. Whatever podcasting app you're listening on, please just scroll up to the top there, punch that subscribe button, and uh, you'll get every single episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast and of Felony Friday delivered to your little listening device. And also, if you really enjoy what you're hearing here, please think about uh, giving us a, a five-star rating and a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, especially if you listen there, because it helps with the algorithms and all that crazy stuff. Without further ado, let's get rolling with today's show. Welcome to another edition of Felony Friday here today. I have a familiar guest, uh, the godfather of the Lions of Liberty, Mr. Howie Snowden is back with me. Welcome, Howie. Hey, John. Happy to be here, uh, especially to talk about something as important as our topic for today. Yeah, so let's let's get right into it. Uh, topic for today, and I mean, this is something that you've been... Uh, You've been in my ear to, uh, and rightfully so, to talk about this on Felony Friday. I did uh, did make an effort 
to uh, to try to get Duncan Lemp's girlfriend on the show to to talk about this, but uh, and that's what we'll be talking about today. If you if you happen to not read the title before you clicked on the podcast, we're talking about the uh, the Duncan Duncan Lemp police shooting, and yeah, you know, I, I reached out to his girlfriend on Twitter and. Obviously, with everything that's happening and police withholding information um, and there being such a dramatic difference between the police side of the story and the eyewitness side of the story, uh, her lawyers did not want her to come on the show. I mean, that's totally understandable. And whatever is best for this family, I think, is best. So so I'm here since she can't be. And speaking of the family, um, I've got a link that I sent you to put in the show notes that is a GoFundMe for their legal defense fund and for also like memorial stuff. And there was also uh, his girlfriend had posted a uh, like a baby registry online. I saw that everything that was on it, people already bought, which is excellent. But I don't know if, if she'll add anything else. It might be worth just putting it out there just in case. And honestly, if I mean, if it, that's a, that's a good point. I'll, I'll I'll post both, and I know, I mean, if everything on the baby registry is bought, that's great. But I would say just keep going to the GoFundMe, and I'll post that on the show notes page. It'll be lionsofliberty.com slash ff one twenty seven. You'll be able to find that as long as all the links to uh, all the articles and podcasts we're going to cite here. There's a lot. I mean, th- there's. I mean, there really isn't a lot. I mean, there's a there's a lot of information. There's a lot to talk about, but at the same time, the police are withholding body cam footage. Um, uh, so there's a, a lot out there that hopefully, eventually, we'll find out. Um, I guess the yeah. neighboring county, uh, whenever this happens in Maryland, when there's a shooting of this nature, the neighboring county's police department researches it or investigates. That's right. It, it happened in Montgomery County, Maryland and Howard County, I believe will investigate it, which mm-hmm. is better, but I just don't think it's good enough. I think an ind- independent investigation needs to happen, but just uh, for anyone who doesn't know the story, um, just, just sticking with the, the basic facts, what happened was um, there was a no knock SWAT raid at 4 30 AM and Duncan Lemp was in bed with his pregnant girlfriend he was shot and killed. She was injured. Um, the way that whole thing played out, the witnesses, the the girlfriend and the family have a completely different story than the police. Um, I guess we'll go into the different sides of that. Yeah. Well, just just to add a little bit more. So the, the, these are the undisputable, undisputable facts of the case. So the no-knock raid happened on March 12th, 4.30 a.m., around 4.30 a.m. There was a warrant. The warrant was obtained for that raid on March 11th, 2.38, I believe. That's, that's what I saw. And this warrant was based off of a, an anonymous tip from like a few months earlier that Duncan was in possession of a firearm. The, the police claim that he's a prohibited person from owning a firearm, firearm because of um, some juvenile incident. The family and his lawyers say that's not true. And the only thing that anyone's be able to turn up on him is a speeding ticket. And I mean, he's a 21 year old tech guy as far as i can find Aaron can find like no history of violence i know or any crime that i know about yeah it's 21 years old and he's living with his parents and his pregnant girlfriend as well as his i think 19 year old brother um and i mean so just just hearing these facts i think anybody out there whether you're pro-police whether you're 
you know, skeptical of police and not trusting uh, or, or whatever. How, anywhere on the spectrum, I think just knowing these facts, knowing that you have a 21-year-old man who, based on an anonymous tip um, from who knows where it came from, uh, the police were able to get a, a, a warrant for a no-knock raid based on an anonymous tip that he had firearms, who knows how credible that was, and are able to enter his home or potentially shoot him from outside, which which we'll get into, and do it doing so when he's living with his pregnant girlfriend. So just knowing that part of the story, I mean, that's enough to make the, this is out. This is an outrage. I mean, and there's there's more to it, but just this alone is outrageous. Yeah, and even without getting more into the details of the incident, like since this happened, the police threatened his parents with like a $5,000 fine and a year in jail if they were to go and protest the the murder of their son. I guess they must have been uh, following the family's social media stuff and they saw that there was a protest organized and the police said, well, because of uh, the governor's lockdown order, if you show up to this, you know, you can go to jail for a year, get $5,000 fine. Even though the protest, I, I saw something posted about it before it happened on Twitter saying, you know, people staying groups attend social distance. They were going to follow all the rules that have been set forth and pretty sure your first amendment isn't suspended uh, because of a virus. That's, that's insane. So, so was that, was that only for the family members or anyone that showed up at the protest? Well, the, the police just contacted the parents and told them that, okay. like, hey, if you go to this. But it, it did happen. I saw pictures from it. Um, as far I don't think, believe anyone was arrested at it. And also, the this warrant that we were, we were mentioning, it was sealed for 30 days, which is up. But now they're using the coronavirus as an excuse to not release what's in it. Yeah, so the the police have, you know, like we said, they're not releasing the body cam footage. You can't you can't see the warrant. They've completely clammed up. Um, and I mean, if if there's an actually actual real investigation that comes out of this, and maybe you can understand it to a certain point. You know, if if you don't want, there could be. I mean, there could be police officers in Montgomery County trying to hide information right now. And you know, if you're looking at this objectively and giving the the, the Howard County, the county investigating the benefit of the doubt, which I, I really would not do. But if you're assuming they're going to do a thorough investigation, maybe you can make a justification for that, that you don't want you know people digging around and whatnot. But imagine if the tables were reversed here and this had happened to a police officer, a police officer getting shot, laying in his bed with his pregnant girlfriend. Um I mean, the, the outrage would be through the roof. It would be all you'd hear about other than coronavirus on the news. And this this story here, and I thank Howie for, thank you for pestering me to to talk about this. And I guess I was kind of just waiting for more information to come out, but I've realized who knows how long that's going to be, the, the way this is playing out. So I just wanted to get, to shine a light on it now. And um, we, we can dig more into to the uh, specifics of the case and the different sides of the story now. Yeah, so what the family and the witnesses say happened was that they were in sleep in bed and the cops from outside the house shot through the window. They came in. He was already shot and wounded. Um, his his girlfriend was injured. Apparently, he had uh, set up a 
like a, a, a booby trap at his bedroom door, which I know that sounds weird at first, but it was a shotgun that would fire blanks. He was concerned about a home invasion or someone coming in in the middle of the night and killing him, which apparently was a legitimate fear to have. Yeah, I, I think uh, the, Michael, the, Mal- Michael Malice pointed out on his uh, interview with Glenn Beck, which I'll link to on the show notes page, that, yeah, there, there's a lot of media sources pointing to that being, well, this is a crazy guy that thought someone was going to break in his house and shoot him, which is exactly what happened. So, yeah, and his it was girlfriend not crazy. alerted the police to this, told them about it, they disarmed it, and it was, it was just going to fire blanks and make a sound anyways, but um, the, 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 police were, the police say they announced themselves Everyone in the family says that's not true. Um, they say they like gave him commands and he didn't follow them. Well, if he's already been shot, it might be kind of hard to like put your arms up and you know do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a little bit of he said, see, she said. But the fact that the police won't release the body cam footage, I'm convinced their side of the story is not true. It's not going to show what they're saying happens. And their write up of the in- incident changed three times. They kept like changing like exactly what happened. And it's, it's just absurd. Like there's no reason in my mind to possibly believe them. If, if they're innocent and they acted right, they need to release the body cam footage and see, but, um, yeah, I think I have their, the, the third revision in front of me here and I'll just read a, read a part of it. So the, the search warrant on March 12th, 2020 was served in the early morning hours cons- consistent with Montgomery County department of police practice the officers entering the residence announced themselves as police and they were serving a search warrant officers gave commands for individuals inside the residence to show their hands and to get on the ground upon making contact with lemp the officers identified themselves as police officers and gave multiple orders to show his hands and comply with officers commands to get on the ground lemp refused to comply with the officers commands and proceeded towards the interior bedroom door where other officers were located. Upon entrance by officers in Lemp's bedroom, Lemp was found to be in possession of a rifle and was located directly in front of the interior interior bedroom entrance door. Um, During the service of the search warrant, a device, this is what you're talking about, the device affixed to the inside of the frame and exterior door leading to Lemp's bedroom. Uh, The fired marshals responded in order to render the the device safe. Device was designed as a booby trap intended to, and they don't tell you it's blanks here, intended to detonate a shotgun shell at the direction of anyone entering through the exterior door of Lemp's bedroom. After officers entered the bedroom, the other occupant, occupant of the room, his girlfriend, warned officers to be careful of the device rigged to the exterior door. Statements from other occupants of the residence indicate everyone in the house was was aware of uh, of this device so i mean just just hearing the official police story so you're supposed to believe that police you know announced themselves and and came into the house and all of this happens he's surrounded by armed people and he and he goes and grabs his rifle um it, it doesn't make any sense uh, I, I just no, I, I don't it's, it's laughable yeah, it, and especially the fact that this took them three times to come up with this version of the story, and they they won't release the footage. I mean, I don't think there's any way like that footage is going to be lost or destroyed or oh the camera forgot to turn it on. There's going to be some nonsense. It's this stuff is infuriating, and it keeps happens. I know the first time I heard about it, I assumed it probably had to do with Maryland's red flag laws, which have gotten people killed already. And I mean, that's just right by me in Virginia. We just passed a red flag log here and a bunch of other more severe firearms laws. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I think some of this is part of the reason why Duncan was targeted. He was like a vocal Second Amendment supporter. I know he was doing work on a, like a secure website for like a Second Amendment group. Um, he posted some memes about like the Boogaloo or like things like that. And I like, it's a joke. And I think this is what got him killed. Like posting jokes on the internet now can get you killed. There's no and, free and that's, speech. And that's there's there's no right to defend yourself. No second yeah. amendment, right? No, I mean, that's, that's a great point. That's another thing that like the media has pointed to that he was posting about, and, and they don't, uh, you know, go into detail at all about the Boogaloo. And it's, it's like a, it's a majorly trending meme, obviously in the libertarian and conservative community where everyone's posting about the Boogaloo. I'm sure I've probably done it in the past. And to use this as a justification saying, well, this is a guy that he's a member of the three percenters, which is, I guess, a, a, a armed militia group, right? And I mean, didn't we just have a, who's the football player that's got a 3% tattoo and like everybody's freaking I think he was out drafted from a college in West Virginia, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, drafted by the Patriots, I think. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah. are they, are they going to bust down his door now and take him out? It's... I mean, it's you're, absurd. You're, there's you're, there's no reason to, to have think militias, that it, right? I mean, isn't the, under the second yeah, amendment you can have we're militias? Su- it's we're supposed like, to have them. It's I know in at least in Virginia, it's in our state constitution that we're supposed to have it. The thing that's sickening to me is the whole thing's sickening, but that people are using uh, this, you know, that he's posting boogaloo memes as a way to justify this is okay, which is just so freaking absurd. Um, the fact that so if you just assume that okay which is not true. Assume that he was a danger to the community, which the warrant was also, what does it say? The warrant was not, um, the warrant has no, had no issue with imminent threat. Um, and there was no uh, uh, law enforcement officials or public in danger based on the warrant. And they still had this, had the ability to do a no-knock raid. So even even knowing all of that, if you're comfortable with this happening in your community, there's something wrong with you. If you're if you're comfortable with uh, someone going to the police anonymously saying that you know an in- individual has weapons and they're not supposed to, and then the police can come back hours later, what is it like twelve out less than twelve hours or what fourteen hours later, do a no knock raid into a home where a twenty uh, one year old man is living with his pregnant girlfriend. Pregnant girlfriend with a 19-year-old brother and parents in a very affluent neighborhood. Not that that matters. I think, obviously, it shouldn't happen anywhere. But in a very affluent neighborhood, affluent meaning generally safer, um, not a lot of, I mean, affluent meaning wealthy, but generally in areas of affluence, there's, you know, less violence. And for this to be generally accepted by some people is completely absurd. And dude, this happens all the time. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I saw some statistics recently. I think it was like in a year, there's like 60,000 no-knock raids like this in America. So that's like over 1,000 a week. That's uh, 60,000 I mean, 60, no-knock raids. That's as many. Uh... Like he was, he was no threat or just like when old man Roger Stone living with his deaf wife, they roll up at his house and crack a dawn. It's. It's ridiculous. Well, they they called CNN first, though. You know, they wanted to <laughs> oh, make yeah. sure CNN yeah. was there. That too, but I mean, it, to think that if they just went, knocked on the door, said, "Hey, we have this warrant. We want to come around, look around." It's. I find it hard to believe that a shootout or any kind of situation like this is going to occur from it. 
it it reminds me of just because that the documentaries on Netflix right now is in my mind, but in Waco, like they could have picked up David Crush anytime. He went to town all the time, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They waited for this big standoff thing that went terrible. All these people got killed and, you know, media is there. It's, it's the same. It's just getting worse. It's stuff that's been happening and it's just getting worse. It's becoming more and more of a police state. And I'm sure all these new things with the coronavirus are going to continue to the increasing nature of a police state. But one thing, one thing that I saw, <laughs> like this is getting around. People are talking about it. People aren't letting it go. And there was just, I forget the state it was in recently, but there was a business that wasn't allowed to be open and they opened up and there were armed men outside making sure that this business could be open and mm-hmm. operate. And the police asked the guys what their names were. They, they both said Duncan Lemp. Yeah. Well, that's so, uh I mean, you, creating you, a martyr. You hate to say that something positive. Uh, well, something positive is coming from this. So, the, yeah, the story is getting out there, and I hundred percent agree with you. With, with the these, you know, governor, these tyrants who are using the power that using power they don't have just to shut down businesses. I mean, th- this country is a powder keg right now, and I'm not saying that in a way like I, I'm like not condoning violence or anything like that, but just looking at. Situation as it is, I mean, the, the government has shut down communities, lo- state governments, local governments have, have shut down businesses, saying people can't work, can't be employed, can't make money. You have, mil- what is it, 25 million people? Is that what it is now? Out of work, 30 million, something like that, who yeah, cannot get income. Million, yeah. Now they're tied to, you know, they have to get government paychecks or, uh, you know, they're waiting on their stimulus paychecks. People now who, uh, you know, they say that, uh, a lot of the United States was living paycheck to paycheck based on their jobs. Now they're living paycheck to paycheck based on the government, which is a hundred times worse. And if that gets cut off, I mean, if they don't have income, if they can't survive, you know, what happens then? And you have police using tactics like this, that a large part of the United States generally is okay with no knock raids. It's yeah, crazy. And, and I mean, like in Virginia recently with all these new gun laws, there was a lot of protest and a lot of fight. And so far the like assault weapon magazine capacity ban hasn't gone through, but nobody seemed to have that big of a problem with the red flag laws that went through and that's going to get people killed. This kind of incident is going to happen anywhere where there's red flag laws, anywhere where somebody can honestly be like, Oh, Hey, I think this person's dangerous and they have a gun. Your door's going to get kicked down. Your dogs get shot. You get shot maybe. And it's, this is just a nightmare. The police should not have this kind of power. They shouldn't be behaving like this, and they need to be held accountable. Let's take a real quick break here. I want to tell you guys about an awesome libertarian podcast. I know you guys think that Lines of Liberty is the only libertarian podcast out there, and we are great. I mean, it's awesome. But <laughs> we do hear Lines of Liberty. But there's other good ones too. In fact, there's a great one called Good Morning Liberty. It's hosted by our friends. Nate and Charlie and myself and Brian, we were on the show a couple weeks ago and Mark was on after that separately. Highly recommend going back and and checking out those episodes. Uh, But also with Good Morning Liberty, um, what they do, what the host Nate and Charlie are trying to do is they've taken on the onus of trying to change people's minds of how people view libertarians. And they're doing this by leading with a message of compassion first. They're looking at the way in which policies impact people and using the principles of liberty 
to provide compassionate solutions. I know it's amazing, right? So much more effective than just typing loudly and screaming to yourself and commenting on Facebook statuses. But they're actually giving you tangible ways to talk to other human beings about how liberty is compassion. Amazing, right? So Nate and Charlie are two great guys, like I said. I think I said that at the beginning. They have a, uh, a background in healthcare. They actually own a healthcare IT company. So at times like this and times of crisis uh, that we have in this country right now, a great podcast to tap into to get their perspective. You can check it out five days per week. So if you need that uh, daily hit of liberty, please check out Nate and Charlie over at Good Morning Liberty. Of course, you can find it on all the regular podcatching apps. Or you can just go to lol.gmlpodcast.com. Good morning, Liberty. Check it out. Yeah. And you, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I think it might have been Michael Malice who mentioned this, or maybe it was uh, maybe it was Jim Bovard on Pete's show um, on Free Man Beyond the Wall with uh, Pete Raymond or Pete, Pete Quinones. Sorry, I always get that wrong. Um, talking about, you know, police officers should really be against this. Because at the, I mean, police officers, you would think that they'd want to uh, not get shot themselves. So w- why would they be okay with putting themselves in this amount of danger? If if you are to believe that he was really a dangerous individual, member of these violent militia groups who you know has rifles and firearms, why the hell would you storm that guy's house who's living with a pregnant girlfriend, is a little baby growing inside her? Why would you? Storm his house in the middle of the night, opening yourself up for your officers to get shot or for, you know, the other people living in the house to get shot. I would speculate that they probably didn't think he was a real threat and this was all unnecessary and they knew it. So are the, what are the other or are there conspiracies out there? Maybe not conspiracies, but you mentioned something about a, a website he was building that. Um, uh, I mean, some people are trying to say he was involved with the militias things. I mean, like that's the extent of it. And there's nothing wrong with militias mm-hmm. to begin with. I'm and, not, I'm not saying that, you know, yeah. being involved in militia, building the websites, anything to be, a uh, that yeah, would warrant this, but the only conspiracy is that the cops say they didn't just murder him. And it seems pretty clear to me that they did. Mm-hmm. But one thing, one thing that bugs me that I was thinking about say with the police, the reason for the raid was true. Say so he had he committed something when he was a minor, and that prohibits him from owning a firearm. That's crazy. If you're free, if you're not in jail, if you're not a violent criminal that's locked up, you should be allowed to defend yourself. I, I can't believe that. I mean, even felons getting out of jail can't own firearms. Like that's absurd. If you're not a, if you're safe enough to not be locked up, you should be allowed to defend yourself. And it's crazy to me that like your natural right to protect yourself gets you killed because if, if you remember back to back in episode two, uh, 204 of this show, I had on Chad Perry who similar, not similar situation, but he was stripped of his gun rights as a juvenile, didn't know about it. And he bought a firearm and filled out the, uh, you know, filled out the form when you're. I guess. I guess they do ask you. And this was in Pennsylvania. If you were convicted of a crime, uh, if you were convicted of a felony, um, as a juvenile, or maybe it's just of a felony. But he filled it out to the best of his knowledge because he thought that his felony had been adjudicated. His felony was charge. Expunged. 
yeah, expunged. But uh, I don't remember the specifics of it. But it wasn't, and when he when he filled out that form to get his gun, that triggered a warrant being issued for his arrest. And they got him; they arrested him. He was going, I think, on his honeymoon. He just got married, and they arrested him Jeez. going through uh, the airport through TSA. They just you know come out and, and stormed around, which way better than a no knock raid. Um, not to say that he should have been stripped of his gun rights, but yeah, uh, but yeah, probably safer to do it in a. In in public in a you know well-lit area than to uh break in someone's home in the middle of the night and i mean i don't don't know what the law is in maryland but if it's just if you committed a felony you can't own a gun like there are so many ridiculous things that are felonies that any reasonable person would think it's absurd to even consider the possibility that this person should be denied their rights Mm -hmm. like i mean you i'm sure you know better than anyone like the kind of nonsense that can be considered a felony yeah, well, there's uh, that book, Three, <clears throat> Three Felonies a Day by Harvey Silverglate, which is uh, basically says the average uh, person commits three felonies a day without knowing it. And yeah, if you look through some of these some of these laws out there, I mean, people probably don't know if you've ever uh, jumped on someone else's Wi-Fi network, that's a felony. You're, that's, that's yeah, the- I, re- I remember when I was a congressional page, like on the, the House floor, the seats get like higher as you go up, like it, uh, the ones in the back are higher than the ones in the mm-hmm. front. And at the very back, there's a couple steps to go down to like the floor level. There was nothing going on. I was just sitting on the step there. Somebody comes up to like, oh, hey, you got to get up. Sitting on the house floor is a felony. It's like, what? <laughs> sitting on the step here is a felony? Wow. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that has to do with like protesting like in the house chamber or something. But I was just sitting. <laughs> I don't know. Can't sit there. It's a felony. I wonder if anyone's ever been arrested for that. Probably yeah, not. I mean, I wish we had more information about this case. I hope that the family's successful in getting at least the contents of what was in this warrant released, which has supposed to have been done already. I don't, well, the, the I don't one- know how long Maryland's going to be locked down for coronavirus and how long they're not going to be able to do it, which just seems ridiculous. I mean, obviously the police are still working. Like, why can't they just release it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably because they're afraid of the blowback. I, you, you would think if the if the police who participated in this raid, you would think if they were innocent and their story was believable, that they would want it all released to exonerate them. I mean, why, exactly. why would they not? And how did uh, they get protected like this? If you were accused of killing someone, your name mm-hmm. wouldn't be protected. At all. Yeah, they get uh, administrative leave with pay, and uh, they just get to hang out at home. And one thing that bugged me, like, I guess right after a police shooting or something, like, the police don't have to respond about it for, like, 10 days or something. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a cool-down period or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, period to get your story straight or some nonsense. <laughs> like, what is that? If I'm accused of something, be like, all right, I'll get back to you in 10 days, officer. Yeah. <laughs> Give me, me, cool me, me two weeks here to, uh, to figure out my alibi. It's like the police department doesn't have a fifth amendment right to remain silent or anything. It's their public servants. This is, should be public knowledge. What went on that day? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, the last thing that Duncan Lemp tweeted was the constitution is dead and looks like he was right. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, really, if you look at it, it's a public safety issue. Because if the police, you know, if I lived in Montgomery County, Maryland, um, 
I'd want to know everything about this because I wouldn't want the police to be able to do a no-knock raid in my house. You know, that somebody doesn't like you, you just make some shit up and say that you're a danger and uh, your house gets raided and you get killed or part of someone in your family gets killed, your dog gets shot. Who knows what happens? It's it's a public safety issue. And when you have the people, the, the police officers who are supposed to be there to protect you, to be, you know, a participant in uh, in your public safety, defending you when they are on the other side, making your community less safe, I would hope, and I, I haven't really read anything, and that doesn't mean it's not happening. I haven't read anything about people specifically in Montgomery County, or was that protest people specifically in Montgomery County um, who were uh, the protest was was there in the county? I know. Okay, so but, but, um, people probably came from outside too. But yeah, I'm sure there are people from the county who were. Right. Uh, I mean, things protesting. like this are causing the police to lose support, and even I'm seeing a lot of hardline police supporters like kind of rethinking it with this whole lockdown and all these draconian measures being taken all over now. Like there's a lot of people that, you know, this is not what the police are supposed to be doing. Like, did you see the the lady who they're sending to jail for a week because um, she had her like salon beauty salon open? Yeah. Fingers, like, fingers crossed. I think I will be able to get her on felony Friday. So that'd be awesome. Good. I'm so glad she wouldn't like, kiss the the ring of big government to get out of it. She's like, no, listen, I'm not being selfish. I'm not sorry. I'm not going to shut down my salon. This isn't right. My kids need to feed the people that need to eat. The people that work for me need to be able to feed their families. And I, I don't think any of this stuff is constitutional. I hope there's a lo- thousands of lawsuits and I hope people win them because this is, it is not right what's going on. Duncan Limp's case is just one example of it, but we're seeing it on a broad scale all across the country. The militarization of the police, the like shredding of the constitution, the overstepping of the bounds by the government in like every which way and every, everything they can possibly do. It's just, it's insane. I, I, I agree. And I hope we do see lawsuits and I think we will. And I think we'll see uh, citizens winning lawsuits against their state governments. But the thing is, I hope that the damages are just like, okay, you pay no income tax for uh, 10 years, <laughs> rather than taking money from the state, which is taxpayer money, and doling that out, because that's just... Yeah. I don't know, that's just... The way all that works is crazy. I just more want it to make them stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, Judge Napolitano is on Fox News saying he thinks people will win these cases because this stuff is not constitutional. I know, I know there's a lot of judges that aren't on board with the Constitution, but there are a lot that still are kind of too. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania and people are getting very restless. Our, our governor, Tom Wolf, he uh, recently, what was it, last week? We were expecting, I live outside of Pittsburgh, so Allegheny County. We were expecting our county to be moved from red to yellow. Yellow is a phase, meaning that certain businesses can open under certain criteria, whatever. And for some reason, even though we meet all, our county meets all the criteria that he pointed out to that you would move to that next phase of yellow, uh, he did not open up Allegheny County. He opened up like a bunch of the counties in Central PA and Northwestern PA, like up by Erie, and but left really without explanation other than saying just more people live there so we can't open it. Um, It's just, it's, it's crazy. And I, you know, I'm somebody at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the coronavirus scare who was, 
You know, I, I uh, did not defend any of the mandatory lockdowns, but I thought it was a good idea to stay at home if you can. You know, I think people should voluntarily stay home. And I think that would have happened anyway and was happening anyway. But uh, yeah, these the government stepping in and closing businesses down, cutting off income, cutting off a way to make a living is just completely absurd. No, just tell the people the truth. Let them take common sense measures on their own. You know, this is a free country. People are going to die no matter what. I, I mean, I think that the virus is something to take seriously. I think it's been greatly overblown, and it, it certainly does not call for what we've seen. But I don't know if I've called for what has happened, no matter how deadly a virus was. This is supposed to be a free country. Well, that's, but, I mean, uh, okay. Well, I don't want to get – I want to talk about this. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to hit on on Duncan Lemp before we move on. Because I, I do want to have some questions to talk about, you know, potentially, well, some things that that Trump did, and uh, and get your opinion on them for handling handling this virus. Um, sure. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I don't know that there's that more much more to say. I, I know we were ca- kind of waiting for more information to come out, but we just weren't getting it, and so at least get get the basics of uh, what happened out to our listeners. So. Yeah, I, I guess the one thing I don't know if we talked about this or not, but. So in that police report, their third revision, they said that the eyewitness, which would be his girlfriend, um, said that he was out of bed when the police came in and shot him. The lawyer is saying that he was killed and shot in bed. So there's contradictory statements there. And, and the lawyer, um, Renee Sandler, has says has said that uh, forensic evidence and body cam footage will, uh, you know, will will prove the eyewitnesses story to be true and not the police story. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, stuff, I guess all, all we can really do is wait, which freaking sucks and should not be the standard, but that's where we are right now. No, but where, where was it? Where I think it was New York where they said, uh, you know, cause coronavirus, we're, we're not going to do uh speedy trials anymore. We just can't do it. You, just, <laughs> you know, you, you might be innocent, but you're going to have to sit in Rikers and wait. Yeah, just uh, and we, where you'll probably get it's probably the either in a nursing home or in a prison is probably your it is your highest percentage odds to get coronavirus without a doubt those two yeah. places. So, ah, oh, God, what a country! So, to uh, transition and talk a little bit about the coronavirus lockdown, I was curious to get your opinion. So, um, you know, when this stuff happened and Trump banned travel to China, banned travel to. Uh, Europe. I, I don't know if you think that was a good move. Um, if that's something you think the president should be able to do, or um, what's what's your opinion around that? Um, I mean, I don't doubt that a travel ban might cut the number of cases and thereby the number of deaths, but I don't support the government being able to do that. I just want them to let us know, not lie to us. This is what we're facing. This is what's going on. A lot of people take precautions. I mean, say, for example, right now, if I go to the grocery store, they've put in different measures. Like, they only let a certain number of people in the store at a time. Um, everyone who works there is wearing masks and gloves. They've got, like, a plexiglass thing kind of between you and the cashier. They've got on the floor marked, like, where to stand so people aren't getting too close. You know, if you want to wear a mask, go in to try to protect yourself, or if you're sick to spread something from other people like there's things that you can do to take care of your responsibility for your health on your own. And I think letting businesses and people 
decide their level of comfort based mm-hmm. off of hopefully true information that we're receiving. I think that that's the way to go with this. Yeah. My, my thoughts on it is that the airlines would have done it probably on their own if they aren't, if they weren't so entwined with the government in the first place. Like, like for example, right now with yeah. the airlines, the government is paying the airlines not to lay anyone off as long as they maintain some, you know, agreed upon flight schedule through the end of September. So essentially the government, the airlines no longer, I mean, you could argue before this, they really weren't independent at all, but they, they've, we've basically nationalized airlines and after this probably fully yeah. nationalized airlines. So but, just, I mean, so- we saw, we saw like the NBA and uh, different organizations already taking measures on their own, mm-hmm. you know, People don't want to be liable. They don't want to be like, oh, we went here and got sick and it's all their fault. They should have known better. Like, I I think if people were treated more like adults, they'd act more like adults. It's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. But I think this global economic shutdown is going to do way more damage than the virus. I don't know if I have these numbers right or not, but I think it was the UN was projecting like there might be like 130 million that die from starvation due to the economic shutdown like that's that's way worse maybe i have the numbers wrong but it was a lot it was way more than we're gonna die i would uh, i would believe it i mean if you think of i mean think about the a lot of those deaths won't be in the u.s but i mean i care about everybody yeah i mean just think about the the crisis and trouble we're having in our supply chains here and you know move that into a third world country you know a country that doesn't have advanced supply chains that has you know, maybe even more local corruption. Not that we don't have a lot of local corruption, but you know, probably third world countries have a lot more. And it's it's going to get so so ugly, and it's it's sad. It's sad to see all this. Yeah, I mean, I don't out. even think if everything opened up right now, if they could even stop a lot of the damage that's coming. Like it's it's baked into the cake now. It seems to me. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out over the next. Next two or three months. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that you know whenever it warms up, temperatures get warmer, humidity goes up. I'm hopeful that you know it just kind of tampens down. Yeah, even just own. that, or getting outside and getting sun. There was this, yeah. uh, a new study that just came out. It was just about everyone who had severe reactions to coronavirus had um, vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, I was reading like a, another article about that. That's so. That's going to be kind of skewed, obviously, because most, what is it, one-fifth or a quarter of all cases, maybe it's a fifth of all cases, a quarter of all deaths are from nursing homes. So obviously, all those people are going to be low in vitamin D because they don't leave their well, nursing they should home. Be taking a, they should be taking a supplement like I do. <laughs> they, they, sh- they should be. I mean, it was a couple yeah. of years ago. I went, I got you know my yearly blood test and all that, and my doctor is like, oh, your vitamin D is deficient. And she put mm-hmm. me on like 10,000 IUs for a week and then less than that. Now I just take 5,000 every day. Which is good. I mean, that's what doctors should be doing. They should be looking at stuff Try to like get that, as much sun as I can. But yeah. I mean, there's there's things like that you can do to help your immunity to not have a severe case, you know. And it's you really don't need a lot of sun to get as much vitamin D as you need. You just need no, to get outside. Get I mean. I, I think it's like 15 minutes a day. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to have your skin bare to be able to like right. get the sunlight and process turn it. So if you're all bundled up and you go out, it's not going to help much. But yeah, if you're you know, just showing your hands summer and now, your face, it's not enough. You said you were out running this morning. That's great for you to get 
out in the sun a little bit, keeping healthy. Because yeah. all the other people with complications are either obese or have diabetes. Not just to, in general for your health, trying to stay in shape and do those kind of things are going to help you. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean another thing with uh, finally they're coming out and saying that basically when you're outside, obviously the vitamin D is helping. But the virus really can't survive, especially if it's over like 70, 75 degrees. So like my thoughts around with restaurants, how many of these these restaurants, why can't they just set up tables outside? Maybe on the weekends, some streets can be closed down, set up tables in the street. I mean, how great would that be for local communities to have their restaurants? You could have like every weekend, you could have a uh, almost like a block party. Not a block party in the sense that people are getting real close to each other, but you know, turn your town into you know more of a... Uh, let your businesses operate. Open it up and let people yeah. uh, come together and you know boost the I think community. People, might, people also might want to take a look at uh, the supply chain and our, our like just in time delivery and mm-hmm. everything being coming from overseas. You know, it might be cheaper immediately, but it might be more expensive too in the long run if things like this happen more than once. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but it's only a matter of time until we start to really we probably have to come out of this more, but I mean, you're already hearing things about the US is moving to uh since we get like I don't know the percentage, but the majority of our antibiotics from China. So we're trying yep. to move that out of China. I think a a decoupling of, you know, all manufacturing is already starting to happen with with China. It's just too dangerous to have so much tied to one country. Yeah. And again, I mean, I want this all to be done voluntarily by businesses themselves. I just think there's a lesson for folks to learn here about the way things mm-hmm. are set up right now that uh, maybe we'll learn from. Agreed, Howie. Agreed. So well, there's one there's one thing I wanted. I don't want to end the show without talking about this. It's kind of re- related to all of this. So in Michigan, there were protesters protesting the, the governor's orders at the Capitol and they some of them were carrying firearms. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is met with outrage, like, oh, how dare they? This is intimidation. This is terrible. And they recently, Jake Tapper asked Justin Amash about it. And he said that, you know, he thought the governor had overstepped her bounds, but that it was a terrible idea for people to be protesting with firearms. They might intimidate the legislatures and that he was against that. Just wanted to see what your take on this whole thing was. Yeah. Well, first let me, uh, I think Brian announced on Wednesday, but on Monday, Justin Amash will be on with Mark on Monday's show. So maybe Mark will ask him about that. And a good way to get Mark to ask him about that. If you're not in the pride now, go join the pride (laughs) and you can get in our private Facebook group and just, uh, post in there saying, Mark, ask Justin about this. So do that. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash lines of liberty. And I mean, so I saw that he he had a, a clarifying tweet. I don't know if it was the next day or, or when it happened, saying that basically what he was saying, you know, it's it's fine to protest, to have armed protests, but when they're like directly, you know, in, I don't know, if, I forget how he phrased it, in a close proximity to, to legislators, um, it could have a, uh, you know, have a, a threatening effect. So, I mean, it's... And I understand what you're saying, but I, I do want to point out that, you know, I've seen protests on TV where the protesters are getting pepper sprayed and beat mm-hmm. up and arrested. And we just had in Virginia a few months ago, this very large 
armed protests protesting these new gun laws and the protesters were treated very well. There was no violence, mm -hmm. there were no problems and it's, you're going to have a better time probably if the protesters are armed yeah. than if they're not. And I'm, and I'm not defending, yeah, I'm not defending Amash's statement at all. I mean, I 100% agree with you. Armed protests are almost always, I mean, the, the safest protests. Because naturally, I mean, you're just, you're just, there's not as no, much of nobody a, wants trouble. <laughs> nobody wants to get shot. An armed society is a polite yeah. society. But exactly. I just, because Justin is such a high profile libertarian, I, I wanted people to don't to hear another perspective than that. The only reason I brought it up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll have plenty of chances to, uh, to respond to it. So I'm, I'm really not going to say much more about it because he can respond to it himself and uh, you guys can listen on Monday. So we'll, let's go with that. Anything Sounds else, good. Howie? Nope. I'm good. Gotta get back to my work from home routine. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So from Howie Snowden and from John Odermatt and all the lions of Liberty, Keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. Thank you for listening to today's show. Another great episode of Felony Friday. As you know, Felony Friday is one of three shows we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, we kick off every single week with our Monday show hosted by Mark Clare. It's our longest running program, our flagship program, where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams. It's your weekly shot of culture, comedy, liberty, swearing, and just, just good fun. Check that out. You can get all three shows by subscribing for the great price of $0 per month. You get everything that we have here. So please check everything out. And uh, if you like it all, please think about, consider supporting what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty. A great way to do that is by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride you can do that by going to patreon.com slash lines of liberty. Another great way of doing that is by uh, following, liking, sharing our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lines of liberty. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at lines of liberty. And the discussion forum where all the greatest and brightest minds go to to talk about politics, liberty, everything that's happening in the world today, current events, the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook, which you can find by typing Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top of Facebook, clicking search, comes up, say you want to join it, answer a question, bam, you're in, and the rest is just going to be a great journey for you. So check that out. That's all I have for today. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>